0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. How's everybody doing this morning? Are you excited to be in the house of God? What an honor it is to, to be able to bring the word two Sundays in a row. And I'm, I'm like, like I said, like pastor said last week, I really intended to preach just one message, but, but couldn't get through the whole thing. So I'm going to dive right into the word. Would you bow your heads with me one more time? Father, we thank you for your word. I, I pray that even now, Your presence is here. Our hearts are ready. We're we're sitting on the edge of our seat, Lord. We ask that you would speak through your word to our hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. 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 Well, as you know, last week I I spoke about radical devotion. I'm just kind of going to do a brief two to three minute synopsis and then move quickly. And I really wanted to track this lady named Mary of Bethany. And I'll say this one more time. Um, because I I realized when I learned this, this helped me because it it can get confusing. There are six Marys in the New Testament, (laughs) at least. And to make it even more confusing, there are two different Marys who anointed the feet of Jesus. Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany. And so what I began to do last, last Sunday is there are three stories that we have in the Gospels of Mary of Bethany. And... I entitled it Radical Devotion because as I'm reading the stories about Mary of Bethany, I realized something about her life. It had always been there, but it just hit me as I was praying and studying. Every time that Mary of Bethany is mentioned, she always ends up at the feet of Jesus. What a beautiful life. How many of you you want that set of you that no matter what you do in this life, no matter what your mission, your gift, your calling... How many of you want people to say of you, they were always a worshiper, they were always devoted, and I, I was just so inspired by Mary's passion for the Lord, and as you know, what I only got through the first story, and I'm going to go through the other two, but really quick, last week we, we talked about the famous story where uh, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha is serving, and Jesus... Uh, Turns and basically tells Martha when Martha inter- tries to interrupt and say, Jesus, make my sister help me. Yeah. Jesus actually says, Martha, let, leave her alone. You're distracted and troubled by many things. As a matter of fact, it says she was distracted by serving. And then Jesus told her, you are troubled by many things. And I just want to say this before we move on to the second story. Last week's message is not an anti-serving message. I hope everyone understands that. How many know we're called to serve? The point of that story is not anti-serving. The point of the story is there's something greater than serving. And that's being with Jesus himself, being at his feet. And here's what I want to say, and I, I forgot to say this last week. Actually, God always intended for us to serve out of the overflow. So years ago, God told me, think of your life like a cup. Your life is like a cup. I want to fill your cup. Everything in the cup is for your life. Everything that overflows is for those around you. And so what Mary is doing, it looks like Martha's more productive, but she's not necessarily because Mary also has a passion to serve. But Mary understands something. I've got to sit at the feet of Jesus until he fills me, until, he, until my soul is satisfied. Because when we're not satisfied with Jesus, we will look in, for in serving what can only be found at his feet. Are you with me today? And so... I want to encourage you, it's not serving or being with Jesus. It's No, it's prioritizing being with Jesus first so that Jesus can fill you. How many of you want God to fill your life? That's what David said. David said, the Lord anoints my head with oil. And he said, my cup runneth. What if you could be with Jesus so much that he fills your cup that you can't help but overflow and bless other people? And so that's what that was about. And and, and the other thing that Mary shows us is this. Here's the interesting thing. Whenever we think of ministry, we tend to automatically think about, okay, who am I called to minister to? But what Mary teaches us is actually our first ministry is actually to the Lord. He He gets ministered to first. Amen? And so let's move into the second story. If you would, turn with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I'm going to pick up in verse 28. This is the famous story that, that so many of us have read and probably heard preached from so many times. This is the story of Lazarus. Now, Mary and her sister Martha are very close to Jesus, but Jesus is also close to their brother, their brother's named Lazarus. And so when you're reading the gospels, you'll discover you know, Jesus had his 12 disciples, but there were also other people in Jesus's life that were not only close, very dear to him. Um, it's very clear from the scriptures that Jesus loved this family. He, Jesus loved Lazarus. He loved Mary. He loved um, Martha. And so what happens in jo- John chapter 11, we know that Lazarus gets sick and they send for Jesus. But how many know that Jesus was not in a hurry? We kind of talked about that last week and an interesting Jesus was never in a hurry. And so Jesus starts making his, but he takes his time, but he's, he's intending to go back to Bethany, but Lazarus dies. And so what happens is as Jesus is approaching Bethany, Martha runs out to him and Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But then Martha makes a second statement. She says this to Jesus. She says, But nevertheless, whatever you ask of God, he will do. Remember I told you last week, Martha's not a bad person. Martha's actually a person of great faith. Right? Sometimes in a Mary-Martha contrast, sometimes Martha gets... Martha's actually an incredible woman herself. And when she meets Jesus, she says, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. But nevertheless, whatever you ask of God. But... We're going to pick up in verse 28. Let's look at Mary's encounter with Jesus. Verse 28. And when she had said these things, she went her way. I love this. And secretly called Mary. Her sister saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. Someone say, he's calling for me. Oh, come on. Say like you had some breakfast. Say, he's calling for me. I love, I love this about Jesus that he calls us by name. Listen, we're, we're talking about the Lord here. Jesus shows up to this city. Martha greets, greets him, has a conversation. But Jesus says, Martha, where is Mary? I'm looking for her. Can I say something? Jesus also said something in the book of John. He said he's seeking what? Worshippers. Notice he didn't say he's seeking worship, but worship. <laughs> Worshipers are dear to his heart. So when he comes, he, he greets Martha, but he says, where's Mary? Because he knows Mary's is someone I love. Mary, this person that I have such a special relationship with, where is she? I know she's hurting. I just love that about God. And as soon as she heard that, so so Martha comes and says, hey, he's looking for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him, right on the outskirts of town. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw Mary rise up quickly and went out, they followed her, saying, she is going to weep at the tomb. Verse 32. Verse 32. Here's our key text. Then when Mary came where Jesus was, I want you to see this. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his. Come on, preach this message with me. She fell down at his. Here's her MO at his feet. She felt, but listen to this. She fell down at his feet. And what she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. What's interesting is Martha follows what's different in this story is Martha says the same thing to Jesus. Remember, Martha said, if you would have been here, this would not have happened. But whatever you ask God. Notice Mary doesn't say anything. She falls down at his feet. And all she says is, Lord, if you would have been here, this would not have happened. Listen to this, verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. So in the first story of Mary in Luke chapter 10, it's just another day in Bethany. The sun is shining and Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet in Luke chapter 10, as we talked about last week. But guess what? Things are not going, things are going well in Luke chapter 10. This is just, she is demonstrating her passion and her desire to know him. But listen to this, in John chapter 11, everything is not okay. In fact, she's grieving. Because her brother whom she loves, and Jesus loves too by the way, because the, the scriptures actually say they, they actually, when they saw his passion, they say, look at how much he loved Lazarus. So when, she, when Jesus shows up on the scene, things are not okay. This is not like Luke 10. This is actually a day when we were just singing about going through a storm. Mary's going through a storm. But guess what? She's still at his. But here's what I love. When we read Mary fall at his feet, and she says, Lord, if you would have not have been, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. And there was a time where maybe I would have read that and said, wow, she doesn't have faith like Martha. But you got to put it with new eyes. Because what Mary was actually doing was she was going into the presence of God with her pain. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about something that we don't like to talk about. It's this thing called lamenting. Because, see... We are called to be people of faith. But can I say something? Faith is not denying a problem exists. We think that faith is living in denial. Or sometimes we believe that to be a person of faith... We can never show vulnerability. We can never show pain. We, we, we try to cast it away, speak it away. And what's really interesting is the book of Psalms is 60 to 70% of the book of Psalms is lamenting. So what Mary is actually doing, it's not that she doesn't have faith. It's that she has been with the Lord so much that she has such a special relationship. She runs into his presence with her pain. Oh, come on, somebody. And when she says, Lord, if you would have been here, this would not have happened. Listen, she wasn't complaining. There's a difference between complaining and lamenting. Complaining is having a critical spirit. Lamenting is saying, God, uh, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. But but here. But listen, she falls at his feet. But you know what she's saying? If you would have been here. But nevertheless, here I am at your feet. What Mary is demonstrating is actually maturity that she has been, she has been with the Lord enough that she understands the, she she can run into his presence with disappointment. She can run into his presence with pain. She can run into his presence being burdened. And listen, she knows the Lord is not going to shame her because she's not complaining. She's saying, Lord, I'm hurting right now, but guess what? I'm still at your feet. Because see, Mary has solved the Lordship equation. And can I say this? So many of our problems in our our lives will be solved once we solve the problem of Lord. He's Lord on the good days. He's Lord on the bad days. He's Lord on the mundane days. He's Lord when everything's going right. He's Lord when everything isn't going right. And when and when she runs into his presence and she kneels at her feet, she says, Lord, I'm hurting right now. And I don't understand. And I, right now I don't have the words. I don't feel. Fi- All I know is that is that I still love you and you can still find me at your feet. You see, because anyone can be Mary in Luke chapter 10. Everything's fine. It's just another sunny day in Bethany. It's not always easy to be Mary of Bethany in John chapter 11 when tragedy is hit, because for so many of us, and I put myself in this category for so many of us, we're good with Jesus until a storm comes. and this is actually part of what makes radical devotion radical it's that it's that you remain devoted When, when things look, when, listen, here's one, I'll remain devoted. God, when I feel let down, I'll remain devoted when it didn't go, how I thought it was going to go. I'll remain devoted. Even when I have questions, I'll remain devoted. Even here, here's one while I'm hurting. I'll do, I'll remain devoted while there's tears in my eyes. I'll remain devoted because I decided a long time ago that you are Lord of my life, that you are worthy of me laying down your life i my life. And part, part of what it means to be radically devoted is staying at his feet even when it's hard. How many you know what I'm talking about? How many, of you, how many of you have learned this the hard way? You're hurting, but you're saying, I, I, I got to get to his feet. And you're staying at his feet and you're hurting, but you're at his feet. And that's what matters. And I heard a pastor recently say this. In California. And it really, really moved me. It gave me a very unique perspective. He had just recently lost his wife to cancer. And he he said the Lord was teaching him again a lesson that he had learned when his father had died. He, He said, you know, obviously losing his wife. He says, I'm extremely hurt and I'm extremely disappointed. But he goes, you know what? He said, the Lord taught me this lesson. You see, in heaven... We won't have problems. See in heaven we won't have pain. In heaven we won't have storms. In heaven there will be no confusion. There will be no lack of peace. There will be wholeness. Completeness. He said this statement and it hit me. He said only in this life. Do we have the opportunity. To bring God our costly worship. In the midst of trials, pain, loss. Meaning you'll never get that opportunity again. I can't remember where I first heard this preach. But someone preached one time, don't waste your pain. It brings new meaning to that. That in eternity, I'll never again get the opportunity to worship God in the midst of trials. I'll never get the opportunity to worship him in the midst of Of loss, confusion, pain. And one of the most, listen to me, one of the most precious things we do is when we're limping, when we're wounded, when we're hurting, when we... When we don't even got the strength or they even want to, we say, God, I'm going through something. But you know what? I've made a decision. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to be devoted to you. And when you can bring God your worship in the midst of your situation, you are actually giving God a, a precious gift. That you'll never be able to give him again. Are you with me? So I don't know who needs to hear this. Jesus is a safe place for you to process your pain. Jesus is a safe place for you to run to with confusion. Jesus is a safe place to run to with frustration, with worries. Amen? We were just singing a few, a few moments ago, I'm safe with you. So when Mary runs into his presence, she's not complaining. She's literally pouring out our heart. But she's saying, God, I'm at your feet again. But listen to this. This is the part of the story that moves me also. It says, therefore, when he saw when Jesus saw her weeping. And the Jews who came with her, he groaned in his spirit. And was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? You know, as I was reading this, I don't think Mary even intended to. But she she ended up interceding for Lazarus. Because Jesus loves Lazarus and Mary loves Lazarus. When Jesus sees the tears and the pain of Mary, it moves him to move towards Lazarus. This is not part of my message, but I came, I wrote this down because I felt like it was prophetic for somebody. There are people you have been praying for. There have been people you are interceding for. And listen to me. There are people you have shed tears for. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. The Bible also says that he collects the tears of his people. Let me tell you something. Faith moves God. And his word moves God. But every now and then, guess what else moves God? When a saint sheds some tears for somebody else, God starts to move in the direction of that person because you have touched his And when Mary was weeping over Lazarus, the Bible says, Jesus, listen, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies begin to groan in his spirit. And he says, where have you laid him? Mary helped the miracle come because she wept. Sometimes when you go before the Lord, you don't always have the prayer of faith. Sometimes you go before the Lord raw and you're weeping and you don't even know it. And you're interceding and your tears are what is going to make Jesus move because the scripture says, he has been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And in that moment, he's God. All he knows is resurrection and life. But he feels her pain. And because he loves her, he leans in. Come on, somebody. I got I to hurry. So even in a crisis, say in a crisis, she was at his feet. Now our third story, and I got to make this quick. Worship team, if you'll come in three minutes, turn with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Is this helping anybody this morning? John chapter 12. Another familiar story. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. So in John chapter 11, he raises Lazarus from the dead. We know what happens next. Lazarus come forth. The next chapter, this is really cool. Jesus is eating dinner with Lazarus and his family. Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served. See, I love Martha. Martha is always serving. She has a servant's heart. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil. Of spikenard. And listen to this. She anointed his Come on, preach it with me. She anointed his feet. Here we go again. Mary's at his feet. And the Bible says while everyone's eating, she comes and anoints it. And it says she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And listen, the whole house was filled with the fragrance of oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would portray him, said... Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and and had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. John makes a plain for his. OK. But Jesus said, leave her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial for the poor. You will always have with you. But me, you do not always have. What, what the trajectory we're seeing in Mary's life is this, is that it is possible for every season of life to be found at his feet. You know what I love about this story? You see Mary before a storm, you see Mary during a storm, and then you see Mary after a storm. How many of you want to be like Mary and say, God, I want to be found faithfully and radically devoted to you in every season of my life. But here, I love how this story crescendos because this is not just a radical act of a devotion. This is an extravagant radical act of devotion. Because when I did research, I was, I was shocked when I found out that this type of oil actually comes from, the, from a plant that's grown in the mountains of the Himalayas. So I know they had the ancient silk roads and the trade routes. So this type of oil would have to make its way to Israel through a very lengthy trade process. This was a very expensive fragrance. I don't even know what to compare it to. And it says that it was worth 300 denarii. Now, remember in the Gospels, Jesus said a denarii was a day's work wage. Okay, so that means 300 work days, but... Through scripture, if we do the math, we see that that's actually a year's wage. Because even though there's 365 days, they couldn't work on the Sabbath. So you got to take away 52. (laughs) Is my math right? (laughs) Then you have to take away certain days they were not permitted to work on holy days and high holy days. So when you strip all that away, you realize that this oil was literally a year's worth of working. And she goes... And she pours it on his feet. Can you just picture this with me? This is Mary. They, they've been through some stuff and she's at his feet again. And she's pouring this oil. And the other gospel accounts say that she anointed his head. But she's pouring the oil and she's wiping it with her hair. But Judas stands on the side and he says, this is a waste. We could have given this to the poor. Because I want to say this, radical devotion. Will always look silly to people who are lukewarm. Listen to this radical devotion will always look foolish to people who don't know him. Because Judas said, what a waste Mary was saying, I wish I had more. And look, some of you have lived through this. Some of you have people in your life. You're saying, why do you go to church so much? Why do you pray so much? Why do you tithe? Why do you give to missions? Why are you, aren't you are you? And you say, listen, I can't. You, you just don't get it. Because I have, I have sat at his feet. You don't know what I know about Jesus. You have not seen what I have seen about Jesus. If I had ten more flask of oil, I would break it at his feet. Let me point out something I just saw. S- just, uh, if, I guess sit down for one more minute. Notice that notice that that, that Judas says we could have used this for another ministry. Here's the danger of religion. Religion finds God listen, religion finds God useful, but lovers find Jesus beautiful. so where, 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 where Judas sees waste, God, Jesus said, leave her alone, you Because here's what's amazing. She got a revelation that the disciples were still catching up to. He's about to be crucified. So Mary is anointing his feet because she says, this is our Lord. This is Messiah. This is the King of Kings. I don't have enough oil. And that means this. When she put the oil on his feet, guess what? That means when Jesus went to trial, he still smelled like oil on his feet. When he was being... I I can just see it on my mind. When his back is being beaten and you can smell flesh and see blood. But guess what? There's still a remnant of that fragrance. Even by the time he makes it on the cross. If you got close enough, you could still smell the fragrance on him. Because of a woman named Mary who didn't care what everyone else thought. You see, because if if you're going to be radically devoted... We've got to get to that point where we don't care what people think. You've got to, listen, you've got to be like David. You remember when David in the Old Testament put on the ephod and the Bible says that I can't dance, but he was dancing before the Lord, right? And what did his wife say? His wife looked out the window and when he got home, he said, look at you showing off in front of all of those girls. I'm paraphrasing. But listen. Be careful what you say about other people's worship, you know why? Because from that day, from that day forward, listen, it says that Mikael was barren. But David's response to her was interesting. He said, he said, Mikhail, I'll become even more undignified than this. Because once you've seen his beauty, once you've seen his worth, Once you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you don't care about your dignity. You don't care about your reputation. You don't care what you look like. All you care about is bringing him what he deserves. So listen, would you stand with me to your feet? I got to close. We got to land this. I don't know about you, but I, this, this, this woman, Mary, who lived such a radically devoted life so much so that here we are 2000 years later talking about her. And isn't that what Jesus said? Wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, this story will be told. Can I ask a question? What stories are going to be told because of your devotion to him? lift your hands with me you know what I love too that as she anointed his feet and wiped his hair guess what that means that he smells like oil and she smells like oil then it says the whole house smelled like oil I don't know if you know this or not but you have costly oil and before you're meant to go minister to others you're meant to break it at his feet so that when you come out, you have the aroma and the fragrance of Christ. That's what Paul said. He said, we go about everywhere dispensing the aroma or the fragrance of him. But you've got to be with him. So right now with every head bowed and every hand lifted, pastor's about to come and help, help me close. Before we go any further, if there's anyone in this room who you've never received the Lord and you want to start this journey today, you want to receive him as your Lord I want you to wave at me I see your hands thank you online come on Inspire Church, can we pray this prayer together? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you Lord I'm a sinner I need a Savior wash me in your blood I repent of my sin. Fill me with your precious spirit. And I make a decision to follow you all the days of my life. Let's add this. Give me the grace to stay at your feet. In every season, I need your presence. I need your word. I need you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.